Congregation of Jesus Christ, what do you think of the story of Shimei? Do you remember that story? It's quite the story. In the life of David, we've been looking at various aspects, and here we run into a very peculiar, particular situation. I wonder if you have ever been confronted somewhat like this. This is almost a, an example of two. Someone in David's face, like road rage or something, you hear stories about that. People, people get angry and upset. And here, too, he just loses it. He even begins throwing things. And how do you respond to a person like that. What do you do? What does David do? As we read this story, the first thing we need to keep in mind is who is Shimei in fact? And, and what's his problem? What, what is the matter with this guy? Well, the key detail is the description of whose family he's from. He is a member of the family of King Saul, the extended family, but family nonetheless. Saul was the former king, of course, and David replaced Saul as king. How does Shimei feel about that? Not good. He is very upset by that. In that sense of his upset, you have to recognize he was, he was part of the royal family. He had a lot of influence. He had a lot of privilege. He had uh, opportunity to advance himself somewhat in terms of saying, I am part of the king's family. And, and he could make his way in the uh, nation of Israel uh, quite well. Oh, there's Shimei. He's part of Saul's family. And there would be honor and respect. But with the decline of Saul... And David taking the kingship. And in fact, the decline of Saul was beyond just down to, oh, just ordinary status, but, but lower yet. So that it's not now, oh, you are part of Saul's family, great. Now it's, oh, you are part of Saul's family. You are, you are no good. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to work with you. And so all the privilege is gone. All the advantage is gone. And so Shimei, from the family of Saul, blames David. It's his fault. It's all his fault. What a lousy guy this David is. And that sense of, of putting everything on David. David gained the kingship by deceit and stealth. And he actually blames David for the death of Saul. Shimei feels all his problems are a result caused by David. Now, it's true, David was a warrior. David had fought many battles, but he, in fact, spared Saul's life twice. We looked at that. He did everything possible not to damage Saul's family and reputation. And he had nothing to do with Saul's death in the end. But Shimei, he, he doesn't see it that way. 
he blames David for all his problems. And so he curses David, humiliating him, even symbolically stoning him, which was a punishment in that time. Those who were guilty of grievous sin would be stoned to death. So there's Shimei, throwing stones, expecting in a way too. Others would join him. We will remove this evil person from among us. Why why does Shimei feel he can express his frustration now? This account comes as David is, is fleeing from Absalom. David is uh, down and out. And, and Shimei is certain that this is God's punishment on David. Shimei recognizes too that his own feeling that David is such an evil person has now come clearly into God's view and David is being punished. And that David, in fact, will be killed by Absalom and that will be the justice of God on evil David. And so he feels, having made that judgment, that he can now add his own condemnation of David. He curses the king. He calls him, in verse 7, a man of blood, which he does twice. And that sense of a man of blood, it, it, it's not specific, it's man of blood, but it echoes the sense of from the devil. That David is devilish, evil. Like when Jesus was accused of, of casting out demons by the power of the prince of demons. That, that even David's goodness was devilish. He accuses David of ungodly, selfishly taking the throne and holding on to power. He calls him a scoundrel, implying that he has deviously schemed and lied and cheat, cheated to take the throne. He is cursing David before God, he feels David's situation proves how evil David is, that David is cursed by God, and he joins in. How does David respond? He is exceptionally gracious, unbelievably so. David doesn't even actually answer the charges that Shimei throws, that Shimei declares. He, he doesn't speak to Shimei at all. Did you notice that? He, he doesn't respond to him at all. And it reminds us of, of passages like Isaiah 53 where it talks about the suffering servant of God. The suffering servant of God doesn't respond to the accusations is silent. And that gets worked out itself in the life of Jesus when he's before Pilate and when he's before the Sanhedrin and when they accuse him of all kinds of things. He is evil, this Jesus. He is awful. He is the devil. He's the worst. And Jesus doesn't reply. No response. And, and part of that underlying that is the reality too that there's no response possible to change the mind of the people making the accusations 
or to change Shimei's mind either. He has it firmly in mind that David is the devil and he will not be convinced of anything else. So David silently trudges on. And, and you have to realize that, that this went on for a little while. The distance here is a number of kilometers. And the, the situation, uh, some commentators suggest too, oh, oh, he was far away, and so, so, and he just did it for a minute, and then it was okay. And that he was like, like standing over in the school field, and he was, he was trying to throw stones at us. But uh, he really didn't reach much, and you could barely hear him. But, but the, the real suggestion of the passage, the discussion here is, is yeah, verse 13. He continued to shower him with, with words and with stones and with dirt. And you've got to be fairly close for that. It'd be like people in the balcony here throwing stones down on us, <laughs> throwing dirt down on us. Like, you would feel it. You would, you would get the sense, wait a minute, we are, these people are very upset with us. And so this went on for a number of kilometers. The suggestion is, too, the road may be down through a, a bit of a draw and shimmy up on top, and he's got a good position, and he's got good aim, and, and he, is, he is knocking some heads with the stones, and he is just piling on the curses. Finally, Abishai speaks. You wonder if maybe Shimei got him with a rock or something. And he is, he is just fed up with this. I mean, what is going on here? And so Abishai, and you have to realize who Abishai is. Abishai is one of the three generals. I mean, this guy is tough. And this guy is respected. And this guy is honored in Israel. This guy is... is he could grab Shimmy, <laughs> cut off his head, no problem at all. He is strong and fast and good. And he says to David, let me just do that. David speaks to him, very gracious in restraining him. And David explains to him uh, a basic understanding. Verse 11 of chapter 16. Shimmy might be right with all his cursing and throwing stones and dirt that Shimmy is actually correct. David makes that understanding clear. David's own son, Absalom, is out to kill him. So obviously David has failed. He's failed as a father. And his whole kingdom is being taken away now. He's failed as a king. And so he recognizes even deep in his own heart the things he's done with Bathsheba and Uriah. We looked at that. And all this being showered on him is, is perhaps is in fact deserved. And his reign is very life is threatened, is maybe over, is coming to an end, and he knows that he deserves it. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't been the great and honorable person in every way. There is truth in the accusations. And so David 
tells Abishai not to do anything, and they continue to walk. They trudge along. It does say in verse 12 that David is holding to the hope of God's grace to him yet. When it says in verse 12 too, maybe God will look down upon me and will see my misery and might restore me instead of cursing me. So he is still hoping himself in the grace of God. What a story. Does that have anything to do with us? In thinking about it, I, 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 there's different ways we could work it out. Let me just give one example. The example I'd like to share with you is the picture, too, of David as, as he goes out with the people that, that he is, in fact, the, 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 the presence of, of God. God's, God's work, God's presence in Israel was worked through him and, and that, that he, he would be that, that central going forward in God's power and grace kind of leader. And, and you can picture it somewhat as, as even the church, the church of Jesus today. That, that, that there is a gathering, there is a group that, that's following, uh, seeking to do God's will. As church, we are. We are moving through the world. We are marching, we are walking. I'm thinking as, as David was the center of God's vision then, and, and, and then the church today, and the church is under attack. There are many people, academics and ordinary people, who blame religion and the church for a lot of the problems in the world and in their lives. They, they throw mud and rocks. They have words of derision for the church. I think what a, what a useless organization what a pointless effort. What a, what a failed vision. People today, in public, on the news, curse the church, its message, and its ministry. It's self-seeking. It's hurting people. It's delusional. It's not godly. It has rules and practices that are archaic and harmful. And there are people who have left the church, left the faith, due to times when they have felt, too, the church has failed them, and they passionately curse the church as an institution and the individuals in it. And when church leaders fail and leave in disgrace, they pile on their own hate and frustration. It is not at all uncommon. What do we do when you and I, as church members, or the church more generally, is accused in that way, is described in very negative ways? When that happens, the best is to remain quiet.
quiet because there is not a lot that we can say. The church has indeed failed often and many people in many times and in many ways. There are people who are upset and angry and frustrated with the church and that's not surprising. They continue to sling mud and stones at the church. They love to point out the weaknesses of the church, and there's many to be pointed out. In the broader church, in individual churches like ours, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you helping there? What's going on? And they quickly point to failures in ministry, people's personal failures. You're all a bunch of hypocrites. Sitting nice in church, but look at you during the week. And they wing a rock off the side of your head. And it's true. It's true. The sin that's in us, even in the church, part of the curse that's present in the world. So we trudge along, even as a church, with those words in our ears, being reminded of our failures, thrown in our face. Just a few examples that come up most commonly. The church believes in God's creation. Well, that's dumb. That's so ridiculous. You hear that all the time. God created everything? What are you guys, stupid? Or that the church believes in marriage man and a wife for all time. What are you, homophobic? You guys are all out of touch. You are all causing nothing but problems in the world. We hear that all the time. Or that, too, Jesus is the only way to salvation. How intolerant. The church is nothing but a problem. If you guys would just quit going on about that stuff. And so the world continues to shower us with dirt. What, what happens in the end, though? 2 Samuel 19. What happens in the end? 2 Samuel 19 is again shimmy. And there is the reality that Absalom is defeated. And David returns to Jerusalem as king. Now you need to know that Shimei is, is aware of a law that you should be aware of. The law is Exodus 22, verse 28, where it says, Do not blaspheme God by cursing the ruler of your people, by cursing the king. The idea is that to curse the king is to curse God who establishes kings. God made David king, and despite David's many failings, it was God's wisdom, God's will, God's way to work with David as king to establish God's kingdom. This is how God chose to work. Yeah, David wasn't perfect. Absolutely not. But God chose to work through him. So Shimei's cursing and throwing stones is a cursing of God. Say, God, you are, you are mixed up. You are confused. You are, you are out of line. 
And Shimei realizes that. Not only has he, he cursed the king, he has cursed God. So when the king wins, when David wins, Shimei has to make a choice. He can repent or flee because he's in big trouble. You would think he would flee. I mean, what can he say? What can he do? Man, look what he did as David was leaving, and now David is coming back, and I sure hope David doesn't ever find me. But what does it say? As the king returns, it says the very first person, verse 20, I have come here as the first. And instead of throwing dirt and stones, Shimei throws himself in the dust at David's feet. In abject penitence, he comes to ask for forgiveness. He admits over and over, it's, it's amazing just in how it's written. He admits he is guilty. He admits he was wrong. He admits he sinned. And he says in verse 20, I know that I'm a sinner before God and before you. Wow. So he comes humbly and sincerely and, and obviously, obviously he thinks he might be forgiven. In fact, in fact, he's He's quite hopeful, he's, he's quite sure that he might be forgiven for all those sins. How can he think that? How can he expect David to forgive him? And everybody had seen him do it. There was with David all his men and all those fleeing with him. And, and nobody's going to forgive him. But he thinks maybe... He comes hoping. Where, where would he get that idea that he might be forgiven? Well, he, he's seen it. He's seen it even as he was doing those things. And David didn't send Abishai to kill him. He's seen some grace already. And he does know deep down a lot of grace in David to Saul, whom he blames for killing Saul. David killed Saul, but he knows that David, David spared him and that David actually did everything possible to help Saul. And he knows that David actually worked very graciously with Absalom. Over many years. He, he has a sense with David that there might be grace. Because David is gracious. And beyond that, that God is gracious. Deep down, that's, that's the amazing thing here. That there has been that demonstration of graciousness even to a sinner like this, a general presentation of grace. 
so that in fact, when Shimei comes, David forgives him. David is actually gracious to him. And not just in a general sense, not just, okay, you're okay for now, but I'll deal with you later. No, he says to him right as he forgives him that his life under oath, you will not die, you will live. A sinner who deserves death is promised life, that kind of grace. The sense, too, of, of the grace that we hold out in Jesus Christ. Sinners who deserve death receive life and eternal life in Christ. How is that possible? That's grace. So that relates to us again, to the surprise of many who have cursed God and the church of Jesus Christ. That in our day, too, there's a lot of people speaking against and accusing and, and, and making fun of and ridicule and heaping dirt on the church even today. One day, and it might not even be too long from now, the king will come back. The king will win. He has already won the victory on the cross. He has risen from the tomb. And they will see him coming in glory. Jesus, the living Lord. Meanwhile, he has established his church, and he is continuing to move it forward despite all its weaknesses and failings. It is the will of the Lord Jesus. It is his desire. It is his work in the church. This is the way he has chosen to work, through a church that has weaknesses, that has failings, that is struggling often in the world. This is what he has chosen to work through. And those who cast dispersions on the church, Jesus Christ will come back and he will prove, demonstrate, take his bride to himself. And that truth is going to unfold. As church, we need to continue to be gracious then, to demonstrate grace every day to those who attack, to declare the good news for sinners, to show them that they can come back to Jesus the King, that they are still able to return. Many have denied the Lord Jesus. Many consider him the cause of their problems. Many might feel, too, there is no way they would ever come back. It's amazing that Shimei came back. And as grace is displayed, that possibility is always there to ask also today God for forgiveness at a personal level, and to receive that grace again. God continues to work that out by his power. I heard just recently a story about a young man. Uh, both of his parents were working in the church. They were, one was a pastor and the other one busy in the church. And one of the children said, I don't want any of that. And the young man, through his teenage years, not happy with the whole thing. Says, out of touch, out of date, 
not for me. And the parents worked with that child graciously, graciously continuing to reach out. And now that boy is training for ministry in the church. He has seen the grace. He has received the grace. He's leading youth camp. He is, again, honoring the king, having humbled himself, being lifted up. That work of God continues to work itself out as we as church seek to be those gracious people, that gracious presence, always looking to draw people back to a true faith, a true hope in our Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of David. We thank you for its powerful message that you, Lord Jesus, are the great King and that you will come again in glory and that the grace that you worked out in David's life would also be the grace that you work out in our lives to others and that it would be fruitful in building your kingdom and your church. And that we ourselves would expect that grace, receive that grace, and offer that grace to those around us as we put our hope, our trust in you. Amen.